Wait, he, he just compared Quinshawn to Reggie Bush? Seriously? We'll tell you what he said. Anyway, right after this, it's the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. You are Locked On Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Welcome to the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast. I am your host, Stephen Willis. This episode is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook. It's the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Also, thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. All right, Lane Kiffin met with the media today. Had several things to say not the least, he actually compared Quinshawn Judkins to Reggie Bush, and I'll tell you exactly what that is about a little bit later. But overall, he was pretty encouraged about the direction of where spring spring practice is right now. And, you know, he's proud, impressed with Jackson and Quinshawn and what Ole Miss can do together. This is what Lane Kiffin said today's practice. Well, you got to remember he was just a true freshman, so – that's really amazing what he was able to do. Uh, <clears throat> you know, I think it's, you know, whatever. I think it even said, I read the article this morning, most in school history to set touchdowns and yardage, period, let alone for a freshman. And um, up there in best freshman years ever in the country is amazing to do. And now he can take the next step, which we see. I mean, we run different plays with him now than we did. You know, guys are freshmen. You're just trying to get them to line up and play. And um, now you have a chance to truly have a spring where now they know stuff and you can go to the next level. I always, you know, think of players we've coached before, and I feel like Reggie Bush was that, where, like, he had a good freshman year, but it was like, okay, now you could really do all this other stuff with him that you didn't want to do too much right away with a running back because then they're not – improving on their base, normal running back stuff they need to do. So really excited about that. And, you know, just the pairing of him and Jackson and to see their development, even though they're a year difference, um, to really have a year under their belt here and now see what we're able to do with them and their development uh, is really exciting. I have not given much thought to it because, again, you guys have been around. I don't give a lot of things that I can't control. A lot of thought because um, nobody's going to truly ask my opinion that's going to matter on that but I do think that would that would be neat exciting for fans and you know I guess kind of like spring training or something where you get another opponent to play um, or the NFL preseason that would I think that'd be pretty neat uh, we're still figuring out we have a, a lot of injuries um, a very abnormal amount um, so you know normally we let them draft and play it like a game um, versus, you know, the offense-defense format, which if we're so limited, we may have to go to. So we'll have that answer as we get closer. But um, we are really, really limited in our, our number of people and have shortened practices, have potentially talked about Saturday even being our last practice. Well, I think in general it's unique because we basically have two free agency windows. Now we got another one coming up. That is not SEC to SEC, which is really bizarre. It'd be like we're in the AFC West, but we can't get AFC West players, and ours can't lead to other 
you know, AFC West teams, but everybody else can. So, um, you know, you kind of had a first round and it's like now you had a spring to go through, see how players were, see how your current players were, the new ones. And then you got another round here of free agency. So <clears throat> he really fi uh, filled a void of someone that had played um, and had been a true zero nose, um, which we haven't necessarily had that body type exactly. So um, it was really good to, to get him. We knew the coaches there well and um, did a lot of background on him. And I'm really excited that he's here and was actually a player of the game of our defense two Saturdays ago. Yeah, I think Spencer's had a very challenging spring because of the medical aspect, you know, to come in and know this is okay. He's one window here. Of, it's not like he's got, you know, three years left or something. So I think that that's frustrating for him, you know, that he's been limited and even we've held him basically one of the three days every week for the most part. So that's really frustrating when you come in and you're trying to learn things and, and get better and and also your teammates to see you. So he's done a good job. I just know it's been really frustrating for him. All right. That was Lane Kiffin talking about, and he talked about Quinshawn Judkins and Jackson Dart, and he said a couple of things that were interested. We have some more from Lane Kiffin coming up in segment two, but right now we are going to talk about what he said there. He compared Quinshawn Judkins to Reggie Bush in the fact that you can do more in year two than you can in year one. And, and you're talking about two players that had elite freshman seasons. And the fact that Lane Kiffin discusses him in those terms with a Heisman Trophy winner shows how special he thinks Quinshawn is and probably provides a hint at how he intends to continue using him. Now, with Jackson Dart doing all sorts of wonderful things this spring, and we have a little bit later on this afternoon – a preview of the Grove Bowl that we shot with Chris Gordy as kind of a crossover episode that we're going to release as an extra video tonight. We have Pratt Rogers that's going to come tomorrow. We have Derek Vandegrift. We're going to try and get back into our normal schedule. But today and this morning, we talk, we're talking about how Lane Kiffin mentioned Quinshawn Judkins in the same breath as Reggie Bush. And he mentions as extra things that they can do in year two that they couldn't do in year one which tells me the creativity of an offensive genius, that is Lane Kiffin, is planning on doing some things in year two with Quinshawn. I don't know exactly what that looks like. I don't know what the, exactly they plan to do. But I am assuming they will use him more on the outside. I'm, sure, I'm assuming he's going to be used in the pass game. And I am assuming he is a get, about to get the Derrick Henry treatment from Lane Kiffin as we move forward. So pretty, pretty spectacular stuff. Anyway, today's episode is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook. Grand slams, no hitters, hitters, and double plays are back, and there's no place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. That's because right now new customers can get up to step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and sign in, place your first bet and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win. Now, I realize in Mississippi, you have to go to a brick and mortar casino. I get that. I understand that. But just letting you know, if you go to Louisiana, New Orleans, Baton Rouge, Shreveport, Delta, Louisiana, across the river from Vicksburg, if you go to Memphis, if you go to Jackson, Tennessee, 
If you road trip to Nashville, head over to Knoxville or over in the Gatlinburg, you can use the FanDuel Sportsbook. So don't miss out on your chance to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel, an official partner of Major League Baseball. All right, thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, you get to hear from big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. It's Locked On College Basketball. It's available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up in the third segment, John Gillespie is going to join the show, and we're going to talk a little bit about um, the spring game, this Reggie bush Quinshawn comparison and of course other things as well so stay tuned for that so Lane Kiffin unprompted and this is key now whenever coaches say things you have to determine how they said them was the question prompted was it led was it volunteered and a little bit later on the press conference you're going to hear today Lane Kiffin refers to Quinshawn as the best freshman in America. There's no doubt how highly Lane Kiffin thinks of Quinshawn Judkins. So when he compares him to Reggie Bush, it's honestly an apples-to-apples type comparison. Now, they're different type backs. And how they're going to be used are different type backs. But I think what he's talking about is the specialness that that you can get from getting. If you were to combine... Reggie Bush and Lindell White, you would probably be closer to what Quinshawn Judkins actually is. So you won't see Quinshawn back returning punts. You won't see him breaking off 80-yard runs. But what you will see is the stuff done by Lindell done at a very, very high level because of what he can do. Now, I do think his top-end speed is going to go up. And if you look at this video, Quinshawn's in this. Um, he looks like an absolute million bucks. But here's Lane Kiffin talking about Quinshawn and Quinshawn um, coming up after that. Yeah, again, I think I'm real with you guys. And, you know, I think most coaches would say, yeah, I knew that. I I didn't know that. I knew he was really good. I knew he was really tough, competitive, carried the ball a ton, put the whole team on his back. So you saw that stuff. Would I have predicted he was the top freshman in America? I wouldn't have been able to tell you that. But um, he has been amazing. And he just, you know, he, his body's like a 25-year-old. He's just, you know, there was a him and Darius had a hit the other day that I said any other back, you know, would have been kind of knocked out. He just bounced off him and ran in and scored. He's just really unique mindset, but unique body type um, and mature physical maturity for his age. Yeah, I think you really have, when you say a lot of big offers, it's kind of like you had two rounds of recruiting. So you had the initial one where he had a lot of good offers. Then you had the last one. Um, I say last, hoping it's the last. You had the last recruiting um, where he could have went again and had, I must, you know, assume every offer that he would want or anybody would want. So it says a lot that he came here, but it says a lot more that he stayed when, you know, for all of us, it's challenging. I mean, I'm the best one to speak about this, that grass isn't always greener. And we think something's better, so we take another job. And imagine being 19 years old and, you know, everyone tells you, well, you go here and the stadium's bigger or we're going to do this and we're going to have a better Heisman campaign. And, um, you know, 
there's, it's easy to point out the flaws. And when you get in something, it's easy to find the flaws of what you're in and think over there is better. So that's hard to figure out, at, you know, in your forties. So I commend him a lot for staying um, because these things to go. And we are in a world of wanting attention and <clears throat> at that age, and that's the great attention you get. You go in the portal and everybody gets to, you know, get more attention and retweet your stuff. And so I, I'm really impressed by his maturity to handle this whole situation and to practice really well when everybody's telling you how great you are. <clears throat> that was already a challenge for anyone after a great freshman year, but now you have like, I had a great freshman year and everyone's telling me how great I am and telling me to leave. So um, he's done a wonderful job with that. Yeah, you know, I love Oxford. Uh, I love the people, most definitely my teammate, the coaches, and I'm just where my feet are and I just love this, this community. So I wouldn't be nowhere else. Uh, it meant a lot, you know, Coach Kiffin and Coach uh, Smith recruited me throughout my whole high school career. and. Just for them to show up, it, it really shows that they, they got, gave their time for me and just to be there. Yeah. All right. That was Lane Kiffin and Quinshawn Judkins after practice today talking about, honestly, their relationship. You like to hear from Quinshawn how much he enjoys Oxford, how great it is. And heck, if the rumored numbers of the NIL deal is what, is what it is, I, I wouldn't love it too. But I think he genuinely likes the city. I think Lane genuinely likes the city. Now, we're going to talk with um, John Gillespie right after this break, and we're going to mention Kiffin and Auburn, this story um, about Quinshawn and Reggie Bush, and the little comparison thing, and we'll talk a little Grove Bowl as well. But it should be pretty interesting. Again, apologies for this week. It's been a little clunky because my mom was in town, and I wanted to visit with her a little bit. So we're going to have a preview um, last night. We're going to have Pratt today. We're going to have a crossover preview of the Grove Bowl with Chris Gordy today. And we're going to have Derek Vandegrift tomorrow as we start to get back to normal. So thank you for sticking around with that. Also, you might notice some issues with the video from time to time. We are playing with settings to try and find the best possible product, the best way to look. Sometimes you mess things up, and sometimes you can't get back to where you were. So bear with us a little bit because we're trying to get right for football season. That's what we're doing at this point. We want to be a step ahead quality once football season starts back. So that should be really fun as well. Anyway, when we come back, we're going to have John Gillespie from the Grove Report. Stick around. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are, in fact, free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Do us a favor, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell for notifications, and, of course, upvote the video if you can as well. I'm here with John Gillespie. John Macon Gillespie from the Grove Report. Uh, we got some stuff to talk about because Lane Kiffin, as we talked about earlier in the podcast, made a comparison to Reggie Bush on Quenchon Judkins. So we want to talk about that. We're going to talk about spring game goals. And, of course, this Kiffin to Auburn story to ESPN kind of feels like a do-over because the first one didn't completely go over well. That that That's just the way I take it. We'll see how John thinks about that again as well. How you doing, John? I am fantastic, Stephen. How are you? I'm doing just peachy, man. I'm doing absolutely peachy. Um, and that just blew my mind. I had an idea of a show that I wanted to do today. And then Lane Kiffin mentioned 
I don't know, the Quinshawn Reggie Bush thing, and my ears just perked up. And I essentially did two segments on that with Lane Kiffin audio and Quinshawn audio and all of that as well. What What are your thoughts on that, man? Man, I, I remember, okay, so to date myself a little bit, Reggie Bush finished his collegiate career when I was in the second or third grade. But I do remember um, that that big run that USC was on during that time span. And, I mean, I can kind of see the comp there. Um, I do think Reggie had more open field speed than Quinshawn does. Um, but Quinshawn is incredible in between the tackles, and he's he's incredibly fast as he is. But, um, you know, I, I think Kiffin on the spot today, of course, we're recording this on Tuesday, was more so thinking, okay, who running back-wise made – a big impact from his first year to his second year. And Reggie Bush is obviously the one that comes to mind there. But that does speak highly to what he thinks is possible with with Judkins um, here here at Ole Miss. And, you know, it's it's never a bad thing to be compared to Reggie Bush, right? I mean, that's, that's always a good thing. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I can see the comp there a little bit, even though I'm looking at Judkins now from an adult perspective as opposed to Bush as – you know, a child perspective, um, a little bit. So, yeah, it, it, you know, and, and I do the, whenever you do just a direct comp to Reggie Bush, it, the Quinshawn one doesn't necessarily, it's, he's kind of a combination of Reggie Bush and Lindell white, um, mm-hmm. and both in one back. Cause he's not, he doesn't have the top end speed that Reggie does, but he also doesn't necessarily have the end of point the tackles, the, the grind it down that Lindell did, but it's just kind of like a combination that is incredibly special running back. Now, Lane Kiffin talked about how he could do extra things and different things with Quinshawn in year two. And I started to think out loud in the earlier part of the podcast. I wonder what that is. I guess it's pass game stuff, maybe outside stuff. What's the stuff that they might try to do to somebody like Quinshawn Judkins to take him to the next level. I, I do think pass game is a big part of it. Um, now, obviously, he and Jerry and Ely are very different players, but I do think that this this comparison here makes a little bit of sense that Kiffin isn't afraid to slide his tailbacks into the slot or um, out wide a little bit or even to send him on pass patterns out of the backfield. So, um, that's the first thing that came to my mind when he mentioned that. Um, maybe we'll see a vanilla version of that in the Grove Bowl a little bit. Um, but that's that's the first thing that came to my mind because Kiffin builds his offenses around getting his best players the ball in space. And right now, Quinshawn Judkins is probably his best player. So get him the ball in space, however that looks. If it's a handoff, if it's a uh, swing route, if it's, you know, splitting him out wide, whatever. Um, that's how I think a little bit different wrinkle could come with Judkins this year. But um, also just him understanding the playbook a little bit more because this is year two for him. It's year two for Charlie Weiss, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so we could see, you know, maybe a little bit different run scheme or, or something like that. But pass game was the first big thing that came to my mind because – Kiffin has not been afraid to do that in the past. Yeah, and it's quite quite intriguing to think about. And, and we're not going to see anything in the Grove Bowl this weekend. It's going to be vanilla. I'm telling people all week, 
you watch the Grove Bowl, you don't care about the score, you don't care about the stats, and you're just looking for players that perform. That's that's how you watch a spring game. It has nothing to do with that type of stuff. What are you looking for in the spring game? I want to see – okay, so I know I keep going back to quarterbacks every time we're here, but Kiffin mentioned that Jackson Dart has thrown, I believe, one interception this spring. I want to see how he does, okay, because – Last year, it was in the quarterback competition. It was Luke Altmaier operated very well with an offensive system. Dart had the better arm. He would take more chances, things like that. Um, I want to see if he has that little bit of combination here of being willing to take some risks, but also being conservative when he has to be and not putting the ball at risk. That's that's what I'm looking for the most. Um, and I'll be there in person on Saturday. So, um, Really looking forward to that, seeing it from kind of a bird's eye view. Um, and really, I guess all the quarterbacks to an extent, but especially Dart, because I've seen him in person now for a year and going into year two, um, that will be that will be kind of what I'm most focused on. Yeah, we'll talk to you after the game um, to get your perspective. We'll have Daylon Flowers after the game. I will watch the game on TV so I can, I can talk from there. So I, there's going to be reaction to the Grove Bowl. And I'm sure the Grove Report is going to be absolutely all over it as well. Um, So that should be pretty interesting. Now, real quick before I let you go, there's one thing that there's a, there was another Kiffin and Auburn story that was released on ESPN. And we don't really talk about it because we don't want to rehash it. But I read this story and it honestly, it, kind of felt like a do-over because the first one didn't accomplish what he wanted it to accomplish. So they tried again. What are your thoughts? Well, I I think this one provided a little more in-depth perspective to the whole situation. Now, I'll, I'll say it like this, that if Kiffin had decided to go to Auburn, the message would be very different. Okay. So I do think that this is putting out a particular message that, Hey, I'm invested in Ole Miss. This is from Kevin's perspective. Hey, I'm invested in Ole Miss. You know, I want to see this place succeed. I want to succeed here myself. Um, and I think his his answers in the press conference today uh, kind of mirrored that as well. So, yes, I, I could see that. I, I don't know that ESPN is necessarily bowing to the whims of Lane Kiffin that, you know, he wants to put out a particular message. But if Lane Kiffin comes to ESPN and says, hey, I want to talk, they will listen. And I'm not saying that did or didn't happen, but whatever. Um, but I thought some of Kiffin's answers in, in that ESPN story were pretty intriguing because he talked some about NIL. He talked some about, you know, Ole Miss as a program, the collective, that kind of thing, and why he stayed at Ole Miss. And whether that's 100% true or not, I don't know. You don't know. Nobody knows except Lane Kiffin. Um but I do think that that should kind of bolster the Ole Miss fan base a little bit, saying that hey, this guy, at least on the at least on the surface, is invested in this program that you know we as fans care about, and that's kind of what I took away from it the most is that you know some sometimes Kiffin is a little touch and go, a little bit with with some of his answers, but he seemed to make a point in that story that was released today that hey, I'm I'm really bought in here. And, you know, a lot of different factors led to him staying in Oxford, but here's some of those factors. And so I, I honestly thought it was 
if you're looking at it from an Ole Miss fan perspective, I thought it was a very positive thing, um, especially when it comes to healing some of those wounds that maybe you and I both know were were there amongst the fan base when all that Auburn stuff was going on. Yeah, I get comments every day in my videos talking about what went down in November. There's some people, there's a lot of scar tissue there. And Lane Kiffin is doing what he can to try and make it better. We talked about during the offseason after it happened, he was going to have to kiss babies and shake hands and go do the Rebel Road Trip. And this is just another way to do that, to put it out nationally and what happens. And what that does, and this is a ancillary benefit that actually helps Lane Kiffin's job, and it um, also helps the fan base's perception of what happened, they talk about all of these things that 10, 15 years ago that Auburn would have been a slam dunk hire over Ole Miss. But now it's not so much. Look at the NIL collective now. Look at all these different things. So it was a story. It's like, hey, we went through this, but because we did, we actually made ourselves a little bit stronger coming out of it if you will let it happen. Did you take that away from it as well? Yeah, I mean, that's that's the way you kind of have to frame it from a PR perspective, right? And Lane Kiffin, he's a football coach, but he is a PR guy, right? I mean, I I think he learned that in his multiple stops along the way in his career, but that's the way you have to frame it, I think. After something, you know, happens like it did this past November, that's the way that you have to present it is that, hey, yes, maybe even I, speaking from Lane Kiffin's perspective, didn't handle this the way that I should have. But look at the positives that came from it. That's the way you deflect it constantly, you know, if you have to. Um, So, I don't know. Eventually, this will become kind of a non-story, I think. Um, But as of now, I mean, it's it's the off-season. There's not a lot to talk about. So, let's let's continue to bring up, you know, that Lane Kiffin almost went to Auburn. And why didn't he go to Auburn? I mean, that's that's still a story in and of itself, especially – you know, here at, at this part of the spring. So, um, yeah, but I thought he handled it very well uh, if he if he wants to be successful at Ole Miss, continue to be successful at Ole Miss. That, those are the answers that he, he needed to give. Now, what he does need to be careful about is, depending on how much money you make, the first number in that salary, that is the floor of the program. He's making over $8 million. Eight, eight wins is the absolute floor for 2023 and once he gets over nine million dollars it's going to go up to nine that's just the way i look at this because if you're going to demand that type of money and you're going to play the games that he has inevitably played in the last three years you're going to get the expectations that come with it in my opinion yeah and this i know this isn't a schedule discussion but this is not a forgiving schedule either i mean it's you know with road trips to tuscaloosa and athens those are the two that always come up in my mind um it's not a forgiving schedule. I mean, he has his work cut out for him, but, you know, I don't think he's ever really necessarily backed down from that kind of challenge. Um, and so he's maybe betting on himself a little bit to say, hey, I am this good. I can get this job done. Year two with Judkins, potentially year two with Dart, assuming, you know, he wins the quarterback job. We'll see how that how that pans out. But, um yeah, I mean, I, and I think a lot of coaches bet on themselves, right? I mean, they're they're kind of that kind of person, so uh, or else they wouldn't be in this field. So, but 
Yeah, no, I, I agree with you there, but it is not a forgiving schedule. I think you and I will both agree on that. Yeah, um, I did a um, game-by-game look with Chris Gordy in a video that I'm going to release later on today. And part of that was, you know, it's like Alabama, that's an L. Georgia, that's an L. And then you start to look, and it's like she split with LSU and Arkansas. How's that Auburn road game look? But either way, he has to get to eight in 2023 in my opinion yeah no I totally agree and I think I think that speaks a little bit of volumes as to where this program has come under Kiffin right because Mm -hmm. you know I guess four years ago now 2019 2018 we were like okay this team has to get to six if they don't get to six I mean it's it's a failure um and more times than not in those three or four year span, they, they didn't get to six. So I, I think that really speaks about where the expectations of the program have gone since he's been here and what, what people anticipate, what they expect from a Lane Kiffin led program. So I don't know. We'll see how it all plays out, but it will, it'll definitely be interesting to see. Yeah. And, and, and I'd say eight wins, like just gnashing your teeth. Well, you know, you're not mm-hmm. you, anything below that. All of a sudden you, you know, release the hounds. Um, but honestly, Nine wins should be expected for this team. Even with the yeah. schedule, nine wins should be expected. But eight, I, I will handle eight. But they honestly should shoot, shoot for nine. And honestly, if you told me, this is going to sound absolutely weird. If you told me that Ole Miss went 10-2 and two and did not lose in Tuscaloosa, I would not be surprised. Okay. This is this is hot take Tuesday, Wednesday, yeah. whenever this oh, yeah. drops. Oh, yeah. I guess. Yeah. If you told me that, I, I don't think they're winning in Georgia, but yeah. I do see a scenario where they could win that game in Alabama. New quarterback, um, new offensive coordinator, new defensive coordinator. They're changing everything in Alabama. I think there's a chance that Ole Miss can get over there and get them, but I also think there's a chance that Ole Miss could like lose to Tulane. Yeah, <laughs> that mean, that would, that would be the other loss. So I think that's usually how this works, right? I mean, yeah. you know, it's it's usually hey, there's a scenario for ten and two, but there's also a scenario for five and seven. I, this team's not going five and seven, but you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah, um, and, that's that's it, usually how this kind of thing works. Yeah, and it won't be whenever we go through the summer and we just do our check W's and L's and pick them games, but um. It's 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 not going to go anyway like we say it. It, it it's just the way it is. No, never. Yeah. And and we 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 get paid the big bucks, I guess. To, well, not even really big bucks, but we we get some form of coin for making these predictions, and and it never goes that way. So yeah. Well, the benefit that I've learned from doing this is there is no penalty for being wrong. Correct. You can be wrong as much as you want to. This isn't a quiz show. This isn't a game show. This isn't Jeopardy. Um, so we're going to have takes, we're going to have fun and we're going to try and do it. But anyway, thank you, John. And thanks again for making the locked on Ole Miss podcast. Your first listen every day, make sure you check out our brand new podcast, locked on college basketball. It has everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus you get to hear from big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players locked on college basketball available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. John Gillespie from the Grove Report joining us this week like he always does. Thank you very much, man. Always a pleasure, Stephen. Thank you. All right. See you later, bud.